0: You are listening to the Mythical Jesus Podcast, where we explore the life of the Christ of faith. Diving into the New Testament, we explore what it means to be a developing human being, a disciple of Jesus, one who is more and more awakened. Please visit our website at Christoffaith.org, where lots of tools and resources are available to help you become an awakened disciple. And now, on to what you've been waiting to hear. Welcome to another episode of the Mythical Jesus Podcast. I'm your host, Bill Reel. We will be today uh, be in Mark chapter 6, verses 14 through 29. This section of scripture starts out, Herod Antipas, the king, soon heard about Jesus because everyone was talking about him. This Jesus is pretty popular. Some were saying this must be John the Baptist raised from the dead. This is why he can do such miracles. Others said he's Elijah, the prophet. And still others said he's a prophet like the other great prophets of the past. When Herod heard about Jesus, he said, John, the man I beheaded, has come back from the dead. For Herod had sent soldiers to arrest and imprison John as a favor to Herodias. She had been his brother Philip's wife, but Herod had married her. John had been telling Herod, it is against God's law for you to marry your brother's wife. So let me set the stage here a moment. The section here starts out with, Jesus is well known among the people, and everyone is trying to guess at who he is. And some say, he must be John the Baptist raised from the dead. Now the author of this has thrown out that comment, but now realizes that they have not told you that John the Baptist has died and how he died. And so now he proceeds to essentially step back into the past and to tell you the story of John the Baptist. For Herod had sent soldiers to arrest and imprison John as a favor to Herodias. This would be the wife of Herod. I'm assuming, again, she uh, was not originally named Herodias, or her husband originally was Philip. Philip would have been the original Herodias. In other words, she takes on the name of Herodias, in other words, wife of Herod. She had been his brother Philip's wife, but Herod had married her. John had been telling Herod It is against God's law for you to marry your brother's wife. Now, let's step back into the law of Moses for a moment. If a husband dies without producing any children, it is the responsibility of his brother to take that woman as a wife and to produce children for the deceased man. So we have to assume here that she had children from Philip. But Philip is either killed by Herod or dies by some other means. At least that's the assumption we are to make. And Herod marries her. John the Baptist tells Herod, it is against God's law for you to marry your brother's wife. So Herodias bore a grudge against John and wanted to kill him, which tells us that she enjoys being with Herod and does not see that as a less than desirable arrangement. She seems to be good with being the wife of Herod, to the point where she is mad at John the Baptist for raising such a fuss. So Herodias has this grudge against John the Baptist and wants him killed, but without Herod's approval, she was powerless because she's a woman and she's in a patriarchal society where women, in a sense, are just property or at least second-class citizens. It says, for Herod respected John, and knowing that he was a good and holy man, he protected him. So Herod, while uncomfortable with John the Baptist pointing at him and saying like, hey, you, you shouldn't have married her. Herod also has some sort of respect or reverence for John the Baptist, knowing he's a good and holy man, and Herod sought to protect him. Herod was greatly disturbed whenever he talked with John, but even so, he liked to listen to him. Herodias's chance finally came on Herod's birthday. He gave a party for his high government officials, army officers, and the leading citizens of Galilee. Then his daughter, also named Herodias, came in and performed a dance that greatly pleased Herod and his guest. Ask me for anything you like, Herod said to the girl, and I will give it to you. He even vowed, I will give you whatever you ask up to half my kingdom. What a bold, bold promise, up to half my kingdom even. She went out and she asked her mother, what should I ask for? Her mother told her, ask for the head of John the Baptist. So the girl hurried back into the king and told him, I want the head of John the Baptist right now on a tray. Then the king deeply regretted what he had said. But because of the vows he had made in front of his guest, he couldn't refuse her. So he immediately sent an executioner to the prison to cut off John's head and to bring it to him. The soldier beheaded John in the prison, brought his head on a tray and gave it to the girl who took it to her mother. When John's disciples heard what had happened, they came to get his body and buried it in a tomb. What a sad story. Like anytime I encounter death, I am deeply bothered. In fact, if, I, if I'm honest with the audience, I, I, I have less of an issue today with death itself being dead, but I have deep reservations about the very act of dying that each of us must go through as human beings. Each of us was born into this world crying because it was not what we wanted, right? Like we exit our previous station where things were good and life was comfortable and suddenly things start happening. Things start moving Your mother had contractions, and now it's time to move from one space to another, and that movement is deeply uncomfortable. Throughout our life, we have moving, and when those movements are the the most grandeur, there is also deep discomfort. There is also traumatic experiences, and again, this revisits us at the end of our life when we die. The act of dying is on its own traumatic, both for us, the person dying, as well as those who are left behind. Everyone makes assumptions in the story about who Jesus is, and yet also others know exactly who he is. Look it, there's the son of Galilee, there's the, the son of Nazareth, there's the Nazarene. There's the one born in Bethlehem. There's the man of Jerusalem. There are lots of labels placed to Jesus. They know where he comes from, and they know whose son he is. Is that not the son of a carpenter? Is that not the son of Mary? And yet others, amazed at his miracles, amazed at his words, amazed at the way he carries himself, they sense that he must be something else, And since he was trained under John the Baptist, we have to assume the things he said, the things he taught, would have had deep similarities to the teachings, the theology of John the Baptist. The idea of Herod respecting John the Baptist so much also seems to play an important part of notice in this story. To be able to sit with somebody who gives you uncomfortable feedback, who gives you constructive criticism, and to sit with that and go like, ah, that makes me uncomfortable, but I'm going to listen to it anyway. Again, the problem with Herod was he overreached. He made a promise with his mouth that he now had to carry through with or experience embarrassment. His guest had heard the promise he needed to carry through. But at his heart, he was a good man who seems to have some level of principle in his life. But the trouble is, you say, like, how can that be, Bill? He's married his brother's wife in some way that violates the law. And what we have to come to grips with is that all human beings are a mix of good and bad. It is what it means to be human. It is our humanity. Things are messy and complicated. Life is full of challenges. Some of those we handle really well and others we don't. Even those who seem to have their lives founded on deep abiding principles, those humans still mess up. Those humans still do things that would make us shake our head. And question. No human being is without flaw, without passions, without having violated their own morality at times. And so I think it's fair to sit back and look at Herod and go, yeah, there are things that people are criticizing him for, and at the same time, he appears to be a good man. The trouble was he overreached, promising up to half his kingdom. And with that, John the Baptist is beheaded. There's also this idea about the criterion of embarrassment. For those who read biblical criticism, biblical scholarship, you'll come across this criterion of embarrassment. And what it essentially means is that when the author of a work includes some detail that is embarrassing to the ground they're trying to hold, that embarrassing data point is most likely a factual, true data point. And what happens here in the New Testament is that Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, whoever those authors are of those four Gospels, they want Jesus to be seen as the utmost authority on earth, as the liaison between us and God. And what happens is that we recognize in the early life of Jesus... He is a disciple of John the Baptist. And any time the conversation around John the Baptist has him on any degree appearing to be more important than Jesus, we can take some level of truth, some level of certainty that what is being said is true. That's how the criterion of embarrassment works. And so any time the Gospels point to John the Baptist and say like, hey, Jesus was taught by him, or Jesus was baptized by him, or Jesus seemed to defer to the authority of John the Baptist. And so simply noting, there is a lot going on in this story from the author regarding Herod, John the Baptist, and needing to explain his death, and then having to tie it back into the Jesus narrative, which we'll do in the next episode. Again, I hope that we can sit with the messiness of human life, the sadness of the damage we do displayed in the beheading of John the Baptist, the messiness of humans displayed in the complexity of Herod and who he is and whether he's good or bad, the overreaching sometimes we do in making promises we can't keep or then have to keep, and to recognize like sometimes just in a matter of two or three verses or eight or nine verses. There can be a lot of humanity laid out on the table for all of us as readers of the Jesus narrative to wrestle with. Until next time, this is Bill Real with the Mythical Jesus Podcast. See you soon. Come thou fount of every blessing to my heart to sing thy grace streams of mercy never ceasing call for songs of loudest praise teach me some melodious sonnet sung by flaming tongues above praise the mount i'm fixed upon it mount of thy reed